everybody. Welcome to episode one of Adulting Newbie. I'm sitting here pretty relaxed. I got a blankie on, I got my slippers on, and a giant 4X sweatshirt. So I'm feeling great. I'm feeling ready to go and a little bit more relaxed. I've recorded this thing so many times, and I've made this way more complicated than it needs to be on myself, because it's the first episode. It doesn't need to be perfect. And I also have a Sprite sitting by, so here's a little bit of ASMR for you. Okay, I think I'm ready to go now. And as I said, I've started this thing over a million times. I keep starting it, deleting it, starting it, deleting it, trying to make everything perfect, even though it's the first episode and who knows who will even listen. Um, (laughs) So I don't know why I'm making it so complicated on myself, but I live in a one bedroom apartment. So my fiance can see all of my dramatics in the corner and he usually has an inspirational quote or a video. It's his thing. And I really appreciate it. It gets me back in my spirits and ready to go. So he calls me over, come on over here, hon. And I, I'm like, all right, I'll come on over. And I, and I shimmy my way over to the living room two feet over. And I watch a video that he plays of Easy e and Dr. Dre because his thing is music. It's not mine. So if anything I say is incorrect, uh, uh. Uh, not my bad, not my, well, uh, I guess it's my bad, but you know. So Dr. J and Easy E are in the studio and they have three guys in there and that's their talent. They're all supposed to rap and get a song going up and they get in a fight and Dr. Dre, Easy E and these three guys are fighting about Compton. So the three guys walk out and then Easy E is super upset because that was his talent and he spent a lot of money into this studio and they're all fighting amongst one another about what they should do and Dr. Dre says Easy E you have to rap and Easy E said I am not a rapper you don't want to hear this and Dr. Dre said well no you have to do this so Easy E gets into the studio and he starts rapping and everybody starts laughing at him just <laughs> because he's not very good you know and they're all laughing at him so Easy E says everybody has to go except Dr. Dre so it's just the two of them there and Easy E gets one good verse and they were pretty hype about that. That They said, I got one good verse. Let's keep going. So they did 63 verses together, line by line. And that created one of their biggest hits. It got them on the map. It's called Boys in the Hood. And the point of that story is that I need to just chill out because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking I have to do this all in one take. It can't be cut by cut. And you know what? I think it might have to be because this is actually very hard. <laughs> This is very hard. I'm taking my leap of faith that I talked about in my intro episode. So I'm just still going for it, guys. I am still out here trying and I'm doing my best. I'm going to get into the episode. And another thing about Dr. Dre is that he makes headphones, right? They're beats. They're huge. And that's in the same realm of music, but it's a different business endeavor And I'm sure that he has so many different things that he's working on that I don't even know about. But that kind of segues me into what we're talking about today, that career paths are not linear. And what I mean by that is that you might not want to stay at the same company forever and work your way up. My friends and I talk about what careers we're doing and what jobs we want to do next. And I didn't even realize we were kind of talking about this topic, but... 
I feel like we've kind of been boxing ourselves in thinking we have to stay at this one place. We have to make sure that we get pay raises over time and our titles have to get higher. And I don't even think we're consciously doing that. I think it's a very subconscious thing. But career paths are supposed to be squiggly, bumpy, zigzags. They're just more organic than just one straight path. And some people will have that, and that's great. And, that, and if that's how they want to do it and, that, and it happens to work out that way, I love that for you. Work it. But I watched this TED Talk called The Best Career Path Isn't Always a Straight Line. And it explained everything I had been thinking about for my next career step and what my friends and I had been talking about. It just really was the perfect TED Talk to watch. I really recommend it, but I'm going to try and highlight a lot of the things they said in this podcast. And I'm going to start off by talking about the different jobs that I've done over the year. And my path has definitely been a little squiggly, a little jumpy and organic. It has not been a straight line by any means. Just bear with me as I explain the things that I've done over time. And there's a point into explaining it. It really connects back to the TED Talk. Now, I want you to picture a high school Audrey. I know you don't even know what I look like, but I have brown hair. It's curly, brown eyes, thick eyebrows. Them things are thick. And and I heard about uh, this restaurant because my sister was working there and she was a hostess. And I thought, well, actually, I didn't even think I got forced to start working there because I needed to get a job. And she was working there. So I felt more comfortable. I was shy and I I walk my little self in. I turn in my resume of nothing and I get hired. Yay. Congratulations. And I start working there. And I was excited because I thought I would work hours with my sister, but we never even worked together. So <laughs> wonderful. But I learned a lot there about making small talk. I learned a lot about getting along with different people, appeasing people even when you don't want to. It was very interesting. It was a very interesting job and I was very shy and awkward. I think it helped me grow in my communication skills. After that, I worked as a hostess again, even though I really sucked at it at Bob Evans. Shout out Bob Evans. (laughs) And that job I heard about from a friend, which you'll see a correlation between my other jobs that I've heard about these jobs from different people. I heard about this job from her, started working there, and again, a very interesting experience. It taught me how to make small talk. It taught me how to get along with different types of people, and it taught me that I am not a good hostess, and that's totally okay, and I moved on from Bob Evans. In between this job and my next job, I was applying for colleges, and uh, one thing I want to mention that I did not get into the college I wanted to go to the first time, and I don't think people talk about that enough, or it's a shameful thing, I don't know. So I went to a college near where I grew up because I still had no idea what the heck I wanted to do, and I went there just because, and I really had a hard time, honestly. My freshman year was not the best. Some people have really great freshman years, or online it'll look like it's perfect, and who knows if it is or not, but all transparency, my freshman year was pretty hard, and I applied to trying to get into NC State, and I did it. I got in and it really was a good moment for me because I needed that. I needed to move on and I needed to get out of my hometown. 
I found a major I was more interested in there as well, which is the whole point of college. So that was very important to get into a major that I liked and wanted to learn about. But uh, alas, I will get back to what jobs I was doing. My summer after freshman year, I worked at Duke Energy and I heard about this job from my dad. There we go again. I heard about this job from somebody and I applied. Of course, I had family working there and I'm sure that's a lot of the reason that I got to do that. I learned how to database there, and what I did was I worked in their document control center, so every time they added a part to their, I'll just say machine, so I don't give too much detail, but they needed to have all the documents to know which part was added where and when, and I consider that a pretty important job, but I worked with another girl who was a little bit more difficult. And that's fine. You have to learn how to get along with people. And I did. I got along with her. But um, she would come up to me and say, I I did this big stack of papers. How many papers have you done? And accuracy was important in this job. You know, I just wanted my things to be right. But... Besides the point, I worked with her and then I had two other older women that I was working with, which I loved. They were, the older women were so nice. But there I learned something I don't like. I don't like working at a desk. I'd like to work with more people. That way I have some variation in who I'm around. And I learned how to database. It was interesting, however, a little bit repetitive. And I, I got through the summer. It was four ten, so I worked four ten-hour days. It was a little bit strenuous, but I'm really proud of myself for getting through that one. It was a little bit difficult and had some personal problems at the same time. So booyah, got through it, booyah. After that, I got to start my first year at NC State, and it was such... Uh, night and day compared to my freshman year of college. I had so much fun. I was around people that were more like me and a major that I really enjoyed about wildlife conservation. Just a good time. Pretty much overall a great time and I'm pretty lucky for that. So my sophomore year, the, the summer after my sophomore year, I worked at a zoo as an animal caretaker intern and the zookeeper I worked with was so nice she taught me so many things and she said even if you aren't getting paid give it your 110 percent because you want people to remember how hard you worked and you want to be able to have them as genuine references and I get to follow her on Instagram which is cool she got married lately and I'm that's so cute it was so cute but anyways I worked a lot in the South American section. I worked with ocelots, coatis, flamingos. Flamingos are pink because they eat shrimp. Fun fact of the day. I'm sure I'll have more fun facts, but that's one of them. I I just loved it so much. Getting to be close with the animals, getting to teach other people about the animals, and learning so much from the zookeeper. Just so much knowledge in one little human being. Oh my gosh, and I I also got to work with Rios, and they're pretty much, they look like ostriches, and one of them, his name, it was Dudley and Penelope, and they had the most personality of any bird you'd ever meet, and Dudley was missing his bottom beak, so you had to hand mix his food, it was bananas and their grain and a little bit of water, and you got to hand feed him, it was such a special moment, and Penelope was, uh, I don't, she was in season to lay eggs, but... 
I can't remember exactly how it works, but I know that they keep track of which animals are reproducing and when they should be because they have to make sure the genetics are right and certain zoos will need certain animals. And there's a whole rhyme or reason to everything there. But she was laying eggs and they weren't fertile. The eggs were not fertile. So, but Dudley, he sat on those eggs all day, every day, and he was making sure nobody was going to touch his eggs. Even though there were no babies in there, nobody was going to get close to his eggs. And, oh, there's another story in the back of my mind, but I'm just not even, I'm not even going to mention that one. Oh my God, that was crazy. But oh, I also got to work with their little pigs, but I'm kind of going on too much, but it was really a fun time. I would love to do that again. Then I went back to NC State, COVID hit, I still did my classes, I still did all of my work, and I still had to do another internship. So I worked at an outdoor wildlife camp as a camp counselor. I was Camp Counselor Audrey, (laughs) and I just love those little kids, and it was really a great time to get to know all of them. I liked working outside. And one thing they did in the morning is you had to say what you were grateful for. And even if you're like, I am very grateful for this one specific blade of grass, they all loved it. It was a great time. Everybody said what they were grateful for. And it started you off on the right foot on the day. And I've tried to continue doing that, especially lately. I need to do that more. But I learned also in that job that I need to take care of myself. I wasn't eating enough food and I wasn't drinking enough water, which is a big no-no when you're outside. I liked the educational aspect of the job and getting to teach kids and just seeing their little faces light up when they learn something new. After that, I went back to NC State, still COVID, but I did my classes, I did my work, and I got a job the last semester of school. I started working for a museum near me as a marine mollusk technician. And there, my primary job is to do the localities of the specimens. They'll have an original label inside their jar, and you need to database it. The point of that is so if somebody is looking online and they want localities for, say, the distribution of animals over time to see how their distribution has been affected with climate change, they could do a study about that. And that way, they don't have to have the specimen in hand to be able to have the data. And also, I have to make sure the specimens are housed properly. A lot of them are in 70% ethanol, hopefully 95% ethanol, but it depends what they were in previously. And also, at my job, I work on their social media. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's my one of my favorite parts of the job. I worked on their social media from the ground up. And it's made me really interested in digital media, digital marketing, the strategies behind getting more people to look at your things. And it was one of the things that inspired me to start doing the podcast as well. I never would have thought a job like this as a Marie Mollusk technician at a museum, whatever, you think it'd be super scientific-y, but I got to do some social media stuff and it's been a great learning experience so far and it was really out of left field, but I love it. You know, if you want to hear more about any of my specific jobs, you can email me at adultingnewbie at gmail.com. And I'd love to ramble on about different things I've done or different jobs, but I just don't want to go too hard into it if these this is not what you're interested in. So again, email me at adultingnewbie at gmail.com with any questions. I would love to help you out. Or if you have an episode idea, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm going to start talking to you guys as if you're one of my friends, and of course you're one of my noobs, and honestly, a lot of you guys listening are probably one of my friends. Thank you for listening. (laughs) That was very creepy, but thank you for listening. 
So I'm doing my job right now as a Marie Mullis technician, and they got more money. It's under a grant right now, so they got money for one year, but now they've gotten a little bit more cash to be a freshwater mollusk technician. And I feel extremely crazy to say that, dun dun dun, I just don't want to do it. And it seems like the dumbest decision of my life to not continue learning in a field that I've already been in. There's a lot I could do with freshwater mollusk after doing that job. I would learn know a lot more about freshwater mollusk and be able to work probably in water quality. I can see a whole vision of where I would end up. Maybe I would go to grad school and do something else a little bit spicy, but I just really do not want to do it. And I I feel like a nut for not wanting to continue working my way in that field. It just, in my gut, it does not feel like the right decision to continue doing it, even though it sounds... I feel like I know I I know I don't want to do it, but I feel like I really should, and it makes way more sense to take the position, but now that I've done social media at my current job, it's made me realize I want to learn a little bit more about this digital world, and I didn't think that I would be any have any interest in social media cuz I was one of those people like, "Haha, forget social media. Haha, it's whatever. I'm super cool." But I've really enjoyed it and it's been so interesting to see the schemes behind trying to get people to look at your stuff and all the planning that goes into it and it's so much work and I mean that in the best way possible. It's so much work but it's work that I love to do. It's what I look forward to in my work day and I feel like my thought process has just come from the way I've grown up going to school and just hearing it all the time. We're led to believe that a successful career should be a logical and predictable path. Our well-meaning parents, teachers, advisors, anybody who leads you, you know, in the right direction strongly encourages us to pick a lane. They want us to earn a practical degree and get a job. And from there, you work hard and for years, you work your way up into that company. And that way you make more money, you're safe, and you have a reliable job, which are all great things. But the little uh, devil advocate on my shoulder says, no way. I'm never doing that. I'm not doing the logical thing in my career path. They are not going to make me do it. (laughs) I'm such a rebel. Oh, my God. But that thought process of working your way up in a company and finding your way in a practical, predictable job. And side note, perfectly fine if that's what you want to do. Totally fine. But it's not always the path for everybody. And I feel like it's more of the norm to be in your little bit of a squiggly career path and just trying different things, learning new things all the time, because things that are monotonous and repetitive can get boring and old and you want your career to feel uh, fulfilling. Also, a lot of the time, what you major in is not exactly what you'll be doing. A lot of jobs, you just need a degree to even get your foot into the door. A crazy example I have of somebody who didn't use their major uh, in the job they were in is one of my friend's moms. She majored in nursing, and I think she was a nurse for a little while, but then she ended up being a manager of an NBA team. What? (laughs) What? How did that even happen? Why? I need to know everything. Tell me everything. But I don't know her full story. I think that's just a great example that you never know what the heck you'll end up doing. You really never know. 
I want to give you a few more examples that I was surprised to hear what somebody used to do compared to what they do now. And I think you should know at least one of these people out of the group. One of them is Tan France from Queer Eye. Such a great show, by the way. You need to watch it. Tan France used to be a flight attendant. Can you imagine him being your flight attendant on a plane? That would have been amazing. But now he's he's gone Queer Eye. Nicki Minaj used to be a Red Lobster waitress. Beyonce used to be a salon floor sweeper. Can you imagine getting your hair cut and Beyonce is the one sweeping up hair around you? I mean, of course, you wouldn't know who she is in that time if you're going back before she became super incredibly famous, but it just blows my mind. Melissa McCarthy used to be a Starbucks barista. Dwayne Johnson used to wash dishes for a restaurant. And Oprah Winfrey used to be a grocery store clerk. Can you imagine Oprah Winfrey checking your groceries out? What is going on? You see the people that are doing your groceries today. Be nice to all of them because one of them might end up being a billionaire just like Oprah. Reading all of these examples made me realize I need to just not be so hard on myself. You need to just let your career path be organic and let it take you where it's going to go. You don't have to be so rigid because if you try different things, learn new talents, who knows where it will take you. Maybe you can be the next Oprah Winfrey. Working your way up in a company is also called a career ladder. I can't remember if I said that earlier, but that idea was created in the early 1900s to manage and motivate people to make them think, oh, I should stay at this company because there's security, more money, over time I'll be safe. And it's just, it was made so long ago. Well, you know, that's only so long ago, but it it was made in the early 1900s. It's not going to fit with our lifestyles in 2021. COVID happened and now so many people are working from home. They're already working from home. They might as well stay there. Only 60% of people in the UK work a nine to five, which would be amazing. I would rather work nine to four than nine to five because that last hour, I'm just pulling my hair out. I'm just going mad, running around in circles. I'm just kidding. I'm still doing a great job by the end of the day. I'm doing my job perfectly. But career ladders, they just limit your learning and opportunity. We can curate our own curriculum and our learning is can be personal to ourselves. Our learning isn't about the level you're at in an organization or the higher you are doesn't necessarily mean that you know more than everybody else. Everyone can be a learner and a teacher. Somebody in a position that, you know, let's say you're overseeing somebody, they might actually know more than you in a certain topic and be open to learning from them. There's nothing wrong with that. Stop asking what's the next step and think what career am I curious about? What do I want to learn about? You know, I'm a marine mollusk technician who's curious about digital marketing. What? And you know, you never know, but you should give yourself permission to explore and it's okay to do something that's different than the field you're in now. It's okay to do something that's different than what you majored in. Career ladders make you worry about the title you have and not the talents and skills you've learned over time. What I've learned when I worked with engineers is completely different than what I learned when I worked with camp counselors. Engineers are their own breed and learning how to work with them and what they're knowledgeable about is completely different than what camp counselors are knowledgeable about and how I need to learn how to work with them. It's just all so different. You learn how to work with different people, your network 
grows even larger, which is something people are always talking about. That's a great way to advocate for yourself that, you know, I have this squiggle career. I've done so many different things and I have a huge network and I have so many talents and skills that I've learned across the board. A lot of these tips I'm saying again are from that TED talk called the best career path isn't always a straight line. And they said, You need to become an advocate for squiggle careers. You need to make people feel comfortable to talk about what they're doing next and let them feel like it's an open space to say, hey, I'm a CEO of this company, but now I want to learn more about animals. So I'm going to go and work at a dog shelter. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're going to learn new talents, new skills, and you're going to have a larger network. So I'm getting super passionate. I'm going to bring myself back down to earth a little bit. (laughs) I got a little bit crazy there and I hope I got my point across. I just popped off. I just want to give you guys some peace of mind if you've been feeling the same way about your career journey as I have. I feel like I have two voices. There's two people on both sides of my shoulder of what I should do and what I want to do. You just need to take your learning curriculum into your own hands. If you want to change into a completely different field, even if it doesn't make sense, just do it. You only live once. YOLO, (laughs) as the kids say. Being ready to learn and have more passion at your job will make you feel more fulfilled. You'll be better at your job and you'll get more done and be more efficient. This is worth more than any promotion you'll ever get over time if you worked your way up a career ladder. Again, feel comfortable talking to others about your career path and be honest that it was not a perfect journey and it was super squiggly. I didn't get into the college I wanted to my freshman year and my freshman year summer I took a job. And it was databasing because I had no idea what the heck I wanted to learn about. And then I went from that to working as a zookeeper, to working as a camp counselor, to working as a marine mollusk technician. I mean, who would have thought that a databaser for machines plus a zookeeper plus a camp counselor would equal a marine mollusk technician? You just never know where your path is going to go. And then that, all of that might equal me being a digital marketing manager or whatever I do in digital marketing if I happen to get to do something like that but you just never know what you'll end up doing and there's not a formula for your career journey there's not a formula to get exactly where you want to go sometimes and you just got to go with the flow with your squiggly career you get to define what success is to you it doesn't have to be promotions it doesn't have to be salary increases success can be talents you've gained and skills you've gained career paths are just not always linear. You don't always get to climb the ladder. And I think that's more the norm that needs to be talked about of it's okay to have a career that goes up, down, right, left, and you'll get where you're going eventually. Be an advocate for squiggly careers, as the TED Talk says. You can tell that that video really hit me in the heart. (laughs) I keep referencing it, but it was so good. I hope this podcast was maybe motivational or it made you feel like you're not the only one out there who's not fitting into the career ladder or your timeline is different than what is pushed upon you. I really had a good time recording this. I got super into it, if you can't tell. And if it sounds choppy, remember that Easy e created Boys in the Hood verse by verse. So it's going to take me a minute to get fluid at podcasting. It's not going to be perfect. That's okay. That's totally okay. 
We're all just adulting newbies out here. We're a bunch of noobs. And I hope you tune in to the next episode. I'm not exactly sure what days I'll be doing for episodes yet. I'm just trying to make sure I get one up once a week. And at the pace I'm going verse by verse, it will take me all week to record one episode. And let's make sure we're supportive of our friends and their career endeavors. Be a good listening ear. And remember that everybody can be a teacher and learner, no matter what level they're at. And chant it with me. Career paths are not linear. The career ladder is no more. (laughs) Again, I'm hitting some crackhead hours and I'm going to sign out. I love you all. Good night.